welcome to the Rookies F1 podcast. My name is Chloe and I've been a Formula One fan since 2013. And my name is Rachel and I've been a Formula One fan since 2020. This podcast started as a way to teach Rachel about Formula One, but now the rookie has become the master. Yeah, bit of an exaggeration. Still not exactly sure how a car works, but do go on. So join us as we talk about Formula One and mm, Baku. <laughs> well done, Baku. Or should I say, eh, Baku. <laughs> so Baku happened. We, fin- we finally had a race <laughs> after, yeah, was it three or four weeks off? A month. Four weeks, I think. Um, Insane. So we were all very excited for Baku. I think we all had high hopes because whilst Baku last year was a bit boring, um, Baku has provided us with some bangers in the past. You know, it's high speed sections, some slower, twistier sections. It's, you know, got a very good scenery. It's, you know, it's high risk. It's, um, mm, <laughs> I, d- I, I don't want to say it wasn't a good race but it it was okay let's just say it was okay and I think the th- one of the saving graces of the weekend was the fact that we got to see a sprint race the first ever sprint race and not sprint qualifying and then we saw the sprint shootout mm. not saw that before That's... so that was interesting to yeah. see I guess we should probably start with that, because that's, um, so we're going into the weekend, and originally this new sprint format wasn't meant to come in until Austria, because I think they weren't sure whether they could get everything prepared in time for Baku, but they must have done, because apparently they held a vote with the teams, and everyone voted in favour of the new format. Now... Uh, I feel I feel like I could talk for ages about yeah. the sprint format and what I think of it and how I think it Im- could improve. I think how they've changed it, so changing it into not a qualifying thing and having its own qualifying being its own race is a good step. Do I think it's at a point yet where it adds value to uh, an F1 weekend though? I don't think so. It is. I think it needs a little bit something. How would you... Oh. What was that? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> Always interrupting the podcast. Um, so how would you tweak it? Like, where do you think improvements need to be made? So, right. So, I think... The main issues with the weekend right now. Let me get my piece of paper. I I wrote this down because I was like, I I'm thinking about this. We've got the notes. You know what? My piece of paper is too far away. I don't want to get up. What a waste of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but because I wrote it down, it came out of my head and onto the paper and now into the world. Um, wasting paper. <laughs> you are wasting paper. You are killing the Pink environment. Pink paper as well. Yeah, you, you know what then? I will grab it. Thank you. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so I 
so awkward to get out from this chair, bloody it. Rachel. Rachel. Couldn't hear you. What? That paper was literally behind you. That was less it's, than the metre away. Is... So, apologies to the listeners. Peak laziness. Can't believe this. <laughs> Podcast over, I'm done. <laughs> and that's it enough. for this episode. <laughs> that's it for this episode of The Rookies. What are we doing next week? Nothing. A rap battle. <laughs> About to diss each other. Chloe, you a hoe. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what. I don't know why though. <laughs> I don't know why those haven't seen the buttons in my head. I'm really sorry. Feel free to fling an insult back. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Hmm. I can't beat that. You've got you. No, Chloe, you've got to do something. I just called you out. Um. Um. Just, it's okay. I can take it. Oh no, the pressure's really on now. I'm trying to think of rhyming words. See, I'm not a natural poet. <laughs> oh, you can. You might have to bleep this. You know what? Ah, uh, oh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Rachel <laughs> <laughs> This makes no sense But it's literally the only thing that, And it doesn't even rhyme But I'm just going to say it anyway Rachel You bitch <laughs> <laughs> That's it, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> You That's smell it. <laughs> Like a smelly Sandwich <laughs> Oh no, I've been wounded. <laughs> I actually don't think I can continue. I actually okay. think. Um... Um... <laughs> yeah. Well done, Baku. I have my piece of paper. Right, let's just <laughs> move on. <laughs> okay, the problem, the problem with the sprint race at the moment, I think one of the big problems is that it's kind of boring. So. You essentially what the sprint race is is the first stint of a race. Because there's no requirement for tire changes, the car setups are the same. It's essentially the first stint of a race. The qualifying's the same, just shorter. Um, and it's basically like especially if you have a dominant team like Red Bull, you're not gonna get much. It'd be all right if we had like a lot of cars that are on a similar level fighting at the front, but. No, not really. And it sort of, it doesn't have much added value for the teams lower down, especially because it's only the top eight get points. Um, why should the teams lower down feel the need to make an effort in sprint qualifying? Yeah, like... Rather than put all of their effort into Sunday qualifying. Literally, Alex, Alex even said, like, I didn't see the point, which is so valid because at the end of the day, even if there is a collision at top, then realistically, the cars running in ninth and 10th will still get points. They'll benefit if two of the leading cars get taken out. But those running, mm. you know, I'd say anywhere P12 below, possibly even P10 or below, mm. what are they gaining? 
They're killing their batteries. I'm going to just apologise right everything. now because my laptop's really loud. The fan's just going. It's not even summertime yet. It's May. I know. Um, I think the other thing is that it's actually less on-track time, generally, unless there was, like, a lot of safety cars and stuff. In a normal weekend, you get a guaranteed two hours of running on the Friday... A guaranteed at least hour and 45 on the Saturday then the Sunday doesn't change but with you get one free practice session so that's only one guaranteed sort of hour then normal qualifying so that's about a minute not a minute an hour 45 on the Friday but then Saturday you've got short and sprint quality which is probably like half an hour and then the sprint which itself is probably again half an hour 45 minutes so we're yeah. looking at just over an hour of running compared to hour 45 plus that you'd maybe get. Which is more, I guess, of, for the people, fans on track, but I don't know. But I have, I have ideas, Chloe. You do have to think that, like, you know how Nick binned it? <laughs> Surprise. I mean, I know he's a fairly experienced driver outside of F1. Would barely shit drop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what don't know what's happening. <laughs> oh my god. No. Whoa! It's all going on. <laughs> no, Nick DeFries is a fine driver. I just think that he was overly aggressive and that he was overrated anyway. by pundits coming into F1. My point being had he had that extra full usual practice session Mm. would he have benefited from that extra time driving around Baku in his car could that I mean would have could have should have well as well you get cases like Carlos who I think he's not the most confident around Baku anyway but by the sounds of things as well they sort of went in the wrong direction with the setup but because Park Fermi starts after like once quali starts on the Friday and you can't change it from then on out, you're kind of stuffed. Which brings me to idea number one. Which is that they relax Park Ferme rules after the sprint race. Spicy. It's a minor change. Yeah. But could, you know, it gives you at least a bit of difference, you know. After one free practice session, there is a big opportunity for teams to get set wrong. But then if they have the same setup in the sprint race and the race, like, again, it's, we're looking at a way to just give the sprint race different this, value yeah. compared to the race. That's another thing that I wasn't, okay, so they qualify for the race on Sunday, fair enough. Uh, on yeah. They then qualify for the sprint race on Saturday. Now, and have the sprint race on Saturday. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. say the qualification is the same result for the top few teams on Friday as it is Saturday. The Saturday sprint mm-hmm. race essentially gives the teams and the drivers a trial run of the race on Sunday. They can, you know, get a feel for it 
So essentially by the time Sunday comes around, any hint of unpredictability or surprise um, from setups or stuff is just eliminated, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And yeah, it kind of takes away some of the excitement from the race on Sunday, I think. Mm. Um, I think like it's a tricky one. The the one problem with the setup, the park fermé relaxation idea as well, is that it doesn't it doesn't solve the issue of that the sprint race only serves to help the front runners. Um, especially when you've got four teams that are, you know, you it's not a guarantee, but it's highly likely that if eight points being dished out, it's going to go towards Red Bull, Ferrari, Aston Martin, and Mercedes. Basically, highly likely. I mean, Alpine would would argue that they're in the fight, but they're not. Honey, your car catches fire. Catches fire. It crashes. It crashes into the other car. This is this is revenge <laughs> for taking the pink away. This this is it. This is they should just paint their pink car up. pink and all of their issues will be resolved because pink cures mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, basically. I do number 2. Reverse grid top 10. Yes. Which is I I I think it's my favorite idea. So I've been arguing for this probably I think since the sprint race was introduced, I think. So the the what the way the schedule would be would be on Friday, there'd be FP one FP two, because I don't like the idea of having qualifying on the Friday and then FP two on the Saturday. I don't see the point if the cars are in Park Ferme. Just like, why have it on the Friday? People are working as well. Like just FP one FP two. Saturday you have normal quality, Q one Q two Q three full length. That's the only qualifying session. In the weekend, because on Saturday, in the next session, you'll have the sprint race. But much like in F2 and F3, although I think with F3 it's top 12, the top 10 will be reversed. Anyone from 11 down is in the position they qualified in. So anyone outside of Q3 qualified, it just stays in that position for the sprint race. But for the sprint race, if you qualify 10th, you will start first. Now imagine this. Who qualified 10th, Chloe? Last weekend for the Sunday race. Was it either Yuki or Lando? No. It was Yuki Sonoda. But it was Yuki. Now imagine sprint race, Yuki and Lando lining up on the front row. That is what the fans want to see. That's and the thing is, do I think the Red Bulls could make it all the way to the front yes. in a sprint race? Yes, Absolutely. I do, and that's something that we're just gonna have to live with. But I think it, like, I think most it, teams have the capability to get tenth in qualifying. It's not easy, don't get me wrong. But I think you know who's gotten into Q three. Nico Hulkenberg's gotten into Q three. Yuki Tsunoda, both the McLarens. Um, I think. At least Esteban has. Um, Alex Albon Alex has, has. You know, Logan hasn't. Logan being incredibly close. Yeah, it's like P10's achievable, so it gives them incentive to try for this sprint and not just 
I mean, as well, if it's one qualifying session, they have to try because they're also qualifying for the race. And I just think it'll offer something different because if you have two separate qualifying sessions at both Q1, Q2, Q3, no matter if it's varying lengths, you're going to get the same people at the front. We had the same sort of... Charles Leclerc, spoiler, was on pole both times. It was just the way around that Max and Checo were that was different. George, yeah, George went out in Q2 in the main race qualifying, but part of that was because they had so little free practice. And at the end of the day, how much did that change in the race, George Russell being down there? Quite frankly, we wanted him up near the front, <laughs> and we'll get to that later. I think the main race would have been so much more insane if George Russell made it through to Q3, but I digress. I think the problem with the reverse grid is A, as I said, the Red Bulls would probably make their way to the front, although they would have to fight through people. But it's like, you know, it works well in F2 and F3, but they are spec cars. You know, I'm well aware. My other problem is, would the teams agree to it? I'm sure the lower teams would, but would a team like Red Bull, knowing that it puts them, they will almost always in the sprint race be 9th, 10th, 8th. Uh, I'd hope so, because I feel like they want things to become more entertaining and they probably know they're good enough anyway but I don't know oh, I feel like for them they teams probably like Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin should agree to it because if they're going to start in front of the Red Bulls like it is an opportunity for them to to win a race of some sort I think the only team that would be majorly against it would be Red Bull because obviously they have the most to lose like they've essentially got nothing to gain from apart from the spectacle which to them probably you know they'd rather take continuous poles than wow look mm. at the overtake although to be fair max max has spoken out against the sprint race so i don't know maybe if they jazzed it up he'd be more interesting interested in it although i'm not sure how much he likes the idea of actually racing people would um, that also like in practice add an extra strategic element to the qualifying where many drivers in the top 10 would sack off their laps to try and qualify. I guess that's a good point, isn't but it? But then, again, if they're, if they're in, qualifying in for a Sunday race as well... Well, that's the thing, yeah. Um, and it's The thing with F2 and F3 as well is that they, they're qualifying method is one big session so it's kind of hard to purposefully qualify 10th but I guess if you do Q1, Q2, Q3 yeah I guess the only way that you fix that is either have another qualify sprint qualifying session but it is like F2 or F3 or and this is my other sort of main idea now you could do along with this reverse grid idea, or it could be on its own, I think it would work well on its own, and it's one-shot qualifying. So you'd have FP1 and qualifying for the Sunday race on the Friday. Then on the Saturday, you'd have a one-shot quali, which would be you get one lap, and that's it, and whoever has the fastest laps on pole, whoever's not, is at the bottom, and you'd go in the order of whoever got 20th in the Friday quali, and the last person. Yeah. And we know one shot quality works because F1 did it in the past. It used to be how they did qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I think it, it's something different. Like, we've seen drivers, I, I think, to Australia this season, right? Do you remember in Q3, after the first fast laps, Max didn't put in that great of a lap and was, like, fifth, fourth or fifth after the first laps and then, you know, did Max Verstappen and dunk, like, a second on everyone. Um, but I th- imagine, like, that... Stuff like that could could happen. We're changing weather would be a massive impact on that. You know, um, Suzuka two thousand and five. Yeah, spoke about it in the Kimi podcast. The reason why drivers like Michael Schumacher and Fernando Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen were at the back of the grid was because it had started raining during qualifying. So all the time, so all the drivers that were setting their times later on. We're doing much slower times because the conditions didn't allow them to do fast times. And that gave us, like, just an incredible race around Suzuka. Um, and I just, at the end of the day, it, it's something different. It changes the sprint race. We just need extra value. No, I agree. <laughs> for it to be justified. Also, I don't know the answer for this, but you say that you might not either, to be fair... I'll put it out there. One shot qualifying mm-hmm. used to be a thing. What was the reason for it being sacked off? Was it because it just wasn't enough screen time? Was it because there was an element of it that wasn't working? Were people unhappy with, you know? Um, I don't. I don't know the answer, but I don't think it works if you did it for every race. I don't think it works as a main qualifying method. I think the way they do it now is the fairest. Or one of one of the th- fairest methods of doing it, which also includes a bit of excitement. Um, but I think if they did it for the sprint races, I think it could work. I mean, I ha- there's other ideas, but they're stupid. So my mum suggested they have a just a random lottery, and I said the teams will never agree to that, but I would pay to watch it. That would be fun. I would also. I mean, this completely. Um, refutes the whole idea of building spec cars and everything but like I don't know putting one Mini Cooper on a track and putting all the drivers in the same car and timing them as they drive around and then I don't know lawnmowers. put them all in a lawnmower <laughs> put them in a tractor set them off put 20 tractors on the grid and just <laughs> let them race I was gonna DRS I was going to say something mean then about... I mean, if I was recording this a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, put 20 McLarens on the grid and let them go <laughs> mad. But, I mean, McLaren <laughs> have made improvements, so I can't use them as my uh, example anymore. Who who would you say is the weakest team at the minute? I mean, I don't think... I think... I don't... It's hard it to is say. hard to say. It's like you look at the you look at the Alpha Tauri and it's like okay, one of these drivers is either overperforming or underperforming, or both. Is the Alpha Tauri a tractor? It's hard to say. Is Yuki Sonoda really good? I like to think so. Or is Nick De Vries just not very good? <laughs> also, I fully believe that the Williams is still largely a tractor. But Alex Albon, mm. legend, so good, and I don't even want to. I mean, 
my predictions are going up in flames, but Logan Sargent is doing much better than what I anticipated. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing all right. I mean, in qualifying, we, we, we ignore he's the... He's not the worst driver on the grid. No. <laughs> um, oh, I had one other idea, which was, so you do normal qualifying, but then you swap the positions of teammates... No, that could be so Which interesting. Which is like stupid, so and like stupid. the teams don't agree to it. But like, I kind of think that F one would kind of love it. Like, it seems like it's a stupid enough idea that they would do it. But then you'd get like you'd get like teams like Mercedes, where they're both trying to, you know, qualify super high to benefit each other because Mercedes team they love each other. Woo! And then you'll get a team like Red Bull. And Max is going to accidentally shunt it in the wall just so Checo qualifies near the back. Checo does it right <laughs> after. He's like, right then. So at Red Bull, you're just going to have a scene of pure carnage of just, you know, smashes. And then you'll get teams like Mercedes who are like, we can do it, team. No, but Let's come back positive. We love we love working but together. Lewis Hamilton purposely didn't give George Russell a toe so he'd get knocked out of Q2. Shut up, Karun Chandok. Oh, my God. Shut up. And another team that would work very well together, which took me by surprise, Aston Martin. Aston Martin. <laughs> Fernando Alonso being helpful. Have you? Well, have you seen him since he's been... Right, okay. We've moved on to qualifying. We've moved on. The summary, we both support the sprint race but something needs to change still like we support sprint races being a thing we don't necessarily completely support the current format i i think that sums it up valid fine okay qualifying okay q1 so this this was qualifying for the sunday was this the one where nick de Vries crashed um and then i think pierre gasly crashed uh, did someone else... Cr- no, Kevin Magnussen, I think, had car problems. And then I think... Did both the Alphas go out? Or just one? Anyway, don't matter. Q1 happened. Bang. Q2. Uh, Aston Martin, at this point, I think FP1, we knew it, but Aston Martin's DRS was not working. Pretty crucial around Baku. So... <laughs> Not the place you want it to not be working. But it's okay, because they worked together, didn't they? As we spoke about. And as we're moving towards the end of Q2, all the teams are there thinking, okay, we're good, lunch stroll isn't going to get through into Q3, it's DRS isn't working, but who comes to save the day? Taylor Swift's new boyfriend. Oh yeah, we're making that joke still. <laughs> um... Get get over people can people can make jokes for as long as they want. Get over yourselves. Anyway, sorry. Funniness <laughs> is not subjective. <laughs> I think it is. Wait. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Funniness is not defined. Nope. Yeah, f- funniness is is unique to each individual. Funniness is objective. Yeah, no. <laughs> is 
Moving on. Fernando Alonso helped that lunch stroll. Um, and George Russell went out in Q2 because he was 4,000 slower than Sir Lewis Hamilton. That's my goat. <laughs> King. First time Lewis Hamilton has out-qualified George Russell this season. But how much does qualifying matter when you beat him in the race? Oh, sorry. I'm one of those movies, <laughs> I think. <laughs> But yeah, it was nice to see Fernando and Lance working well together, and that was like a theme of the weekend, really. It, Fernando has said since that he really wants to help Lance out because he sees him leading the team for 10 to 15 years. I'm like, yes! Fernando <laughs> Lance Stroll. Fernando knows who's bankrolling that team. He knows who's paying his wages. He's going to help Lawrence's son as much as he can to keep that seat. <laughs> Yeah, when he leaves, who's going to become team principal of Aston Martin? <laughs> Fernando, because he's kissing Lawrence's bottom. <laughs> he's going to buy him out. <laughs> he's going to. I'm not sure it's possible to buy Lawrence Stroll out of anything. It's part of the master plan. He's, he's going to race for Aston Martin for 15 years. Every year, demand a higher wage and accumulate <laughs> so much money that he can just buy Lawrence out. Buy Lawrence out. But it's the 10 to 15 years thing, it sounds like a long time, but then you remember Lance Straw was born in 1998. In my head, I thought it like, was older than in that. In 10 to 15 years, he'll be not even Fernando Alonso's age. He's got, what, just under 20 years until he's the same age as Fernando? Chloe, he's only two years older than us. <laughs> That Lance is not Fernando. Fernando's a bit. Fernando's got a couple more. <laughs> Look, Lance. Honestly, I support him. Lance Stroll is so bizarre to me because it feels like he's been around forever, but in reality, he's still very, very young, and he's he's almost riding the wave unnoticed. I don't want to say noticed because he's very much noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, really insightful. What's that quote that Harry Styles said? I really like this film because it feels like a a proper film. (laughs) Wow. 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 (laughs) But you know what I mean. Uh, Where were we? Yeah, did you have you seen his sort of interviews with Ted? Oh, and, stuff, and he's kind of like, yeah, I get that people hate me because of my background, but like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I wouldn't care either. Oh if I was God. Lance Stroll, I'd be like, throw eggs at me if you want. You're just jealous. I'm in F1. You're not. <laughs> and he's not doing too bad. He is not doing too. Sorry, I'm going bad really off topic. But talking of um, rich people. Where on earth has Nicholas Latifi disappeared to? Oh my goodness, this is a... Screw Baku. Where's Nicholas Latifi? That's genuinely... Every so often I think about it, I'm like, where, where has he gone? <laughs> like, he's just dipped. But to be fair, if I had that much money, would I dip? Probably. I mean, I was hoping to see him in IndyCar, but at the same time... At the same time, I'm quite... You know, if he's happy with his life, I'm I'm happy. He has posted on Instagram once this year. 
And that was for Valentine's Day. Mysterious king. <laughs> Where's he gone? What's he doing? Where is he right now in the world? Maybe he's maybe mm. he's writing a book. Nicholas Latifi, the autobiography. The year that destroyed my life. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Where is he? To be fair, do you remember though, like, everyone, when, when Mick wasn't have his contract, having his contract renewed with Haz, loads of people were like, oh my god, what Haz going to do without his sponsorships? Like, they're making a bad decision. How many people said that about Nicholas Latifi leaving Williams? Because he took away, like, a big... Like, big money. Like, they've got the golf partnership now, but... Anyway, you know what? Again, we're well off topic, Nicholas but Latifi would have, to he would have saved this season. I've, I've, he would have. We needed I've him. seen everyone on Twitter going, oh, I actually miss Nicholas Latifi. Maybe he could have spiced this race up. No. No, you don't get to mourn something you, you didn't love him. in the first place. No. We have... We literally... We've got the t-shirts. Have the t-shirts. We've got the t-shirts. So, Nicholas Latifi, peace and love. If you want to come on an F1 podcast, please pick ours. We can't offer you anything but love and support, but it'll be worth it. I could send him his signature that he sent. William sent me. Send him his his signature. If you want it back, yes. mate. I know they're hard to come across. Mm. If you want your t-shirt, it's well-worn. Yeah. Well-worn Umbro Williams shirt with your number on it. You can have it. Tough deal. Yeah, it's <laughs> <Can't>, <laughs> That's about all we offer. I could give you a, um. a, some leftover <laughs> Easter chocolate. Might oh. not... Ooh... Do you still have Easter chocolate? Only because I bought myself like 20 Easter eggs. Oh, go for it. We could go to the shop, put together, and buy a jar of Nutella. I think we'll just about be able to afford that. Just about, you know. It's a stretch though. It's hard times. Definitely not with the podcast. <laughs> with all the money we're raking in. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I don't know which way's the right way. Anyway, anyway. Um, we've got a minute left before the Zoom meeting cuts out. So, Charles Leclerc got pole, which was a surprise, but he's also very handy around Baku, and this is his third year in a row to get pole, and how many times has he won at Baku? None. But some people will say, oh, well, look at his pole-to-win ratio. No, it just shows he's a really good qualifier. <laughs> it doesn't show that he's a bad racer. He's a fine racer. He just extracts a lot out of the car over one lap. Yuki Sonoda got into Q3 in Sunday qualifying. Lando Norris did as well. George Russell didn't, as I said. Um, Gucci. Gucci, Gucci. Oh, why did I say that? I blame that on you. Oh, dear. What, You me? said Gucci. You said it first. What's wrong with saying yeah, but I didn't say Uchi Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. What is happening? Oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm rubbing Let's off. Let's just on you. sack it off. Um, oh god. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. So, then the race happened. 
No, no, the race. No, we had sprint qualifying. <laughs> oh, I'm so. Okay. It wasn't that much different to normal qualifying. There was a red flag in Q1. Yes, there was. Who caused the red flag in Q1? Was that the fire or was that the crash? Oh, was that the fire? No, I feel like the fire was FP1. I feel like the Alpine crash no, was wasn't it? Q1 no, of the Sunday. Logan. Didn't Logan crash out? Because then it was like, oh, wait. Wait, are we talking about sprint qualifying right now? No. No, it was Logan. It was, because he crashed out and then it was like, oh, God. Like, he actually had good pace. He could have, you know, qualified quite well. And then it was like, oh, no. Are are the team going to be able to fix his car ahead of the sprint race? Spoiler alert. No, they weren't. No. So that was, and the problem was someone like Yuki Sonoda that did him in because he was, I think they said like literally 100 metres from the finish he line had a of his very, fast lap when that came out. very, angry radio. Yeah, so he went out in Q1. That's probably one of the biggest differences between sprint quality and Sunday quality, Yuki Sonoda being a lot lower down. But there wasn't that much difference. George Russell made it to Q3 and had a lot better pace during sprint quality and ended up qualifying uh P four. Interesting thing with sprint quality, they so Q one they have a mandated new set of medium tires. Q two medium tires, which is good. Cause it's kind of like how Australia was. I mean, Australia was accidental, but they could just go round and round and round and keep setting these laps, which I I I quite like. In Q three, they had a mandated set of soft tires. The problem is, if you didn't have a new set of soft tyres, you couldn't actually run in Q3, which is what happened Lando, to Lando Norris. Yeah. Because he used up all his soft tyres in Sunday qualifying, he wasn't. He got through to Q3 but wasn't allowed to run, which is stupid, and the FIA needs to figure out how not to have situations like that, because it's just silly. Everyone else, though, um, went round um, twice. I mean, because it's the same set of softs, I think a lot of people didn't improve on the second lap like it's very important to get the first lap this is the this is the thing well but a lot of them did actually improve on the second lap so i enjoyed how the sessions were uh like each session there was less time which meant that drivers really had to put in an effort to get their lap done Mm. put in a decent lap as soon as possible it didn't really leave much room for error because, you know, if they really mucked up or, you know, I mean, it couldn't really happen at Baku, but on another track, if their lap got deleted, that could have thrown a massive oh, yeah. spanner in the works. Could happen at Austria. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it just pushes uh, the thought of like something like a one shot quality would Literally. be delicious. Uh, but yeah, so again, we got Charles on pole, well done to him. But this time, Checo's second and Max's third, I think. And then George, right there next to Max. Uh, Aston Martin saw DRS issues. Blah, blah, blah. Oscar Piastri got through to Q3, though. Well done, Oscar Piastri. I'm sorry that you've got a poorly tummy. Uh, I couldn't get out of bed with a stomach bug let alone drive an F1 car all weekend. I mean, if so. I was being paid 
his salary with a stomach bird spoke. I think I would have made an effort. <laughs> I don't know if I would. But I just think of Mark Webber, that radio clip of him when he throws up in his helmet. Ooh, don't. Oh, <laughs> and then he's like, "I'll keep going." <laughs> no, like... but like, surely, like, <laughs> not to be gross, but if you're <laughs> throwing up in your helmet, and it's, burr, 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 burr. let's get but... through all the gross, gross bits. Choking hazard. Yeah, unless it comes. <laughs> No, I don't want to even think about where we'll it goes. We'll just leave that. We'll leave that for. Anyway, props to him. <laughs> but yeah, we had sprint quality and then later on in the day we had the sprint race, which did it have that much excitement, that many overtakes? No. But did George Russell bump the side of Max Verstappen's car? Yes. <laughs> and we love the drama. There's a lot of flags. There was a lot of flags, a lot of oh, you mean like yellow, yellow flags, mm-hmm. yellow, yellow, yellow. I thought flags, you meant like double yellow country. Flag. No, no. I thought you meant like country flags, and I was like, that are you on about? That wouldn't have been very relevant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's exactly what I was like. I'm like, what are you on about? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess at the start, said George tried to go down the inside of Max. Max didn't want George to go down the inside of him. I think. I don't. I don't. Max I'm genuine. Be- I think I don't get why Max doesn't just drive as safely as possible because he knows he'll get anyone on the street. Literally, and I don't know if I can talk about this because it genuinely has really enraged me. Um, it's not that deep. Um, <laughs> no, there was the one clip post the incident where he he goes hmm. Maybe it's the experience. Maybe it'll come with experience that you don't go for those moves. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Max Verstappen would hate racing Max Verstappen. It's just like a 2021 Max Verstappen. He would put him in just like bulldoze down and be like, get out of the way. Or... <laughs> well, but he said, he said that last, last year. He blooming goes about when with the thing with Lewis in Brazil. He's like, yeah, I stopped him from winning. It was just a five second time penalty for me. It's like, come on, Max, you got to help yourself here. Had the roles have been reversed, if Max Verstappen sees a space, is he going to go for it, regardless of where he's on the grid? Yes. End of. Um, yeah, I mean, the damage, yeah, the damage isn't a good thing, and it I didn't realise the extent of the damage until we saw it after the race. I, I, when he was on the radio saying about damage, I was like, but, I mean, damage, you've got no damage. Uh, he did have damage. But still... Um, to me, the argument of saying, down. oh, well, there's no point, George shouldn't have bothered because he knows I'm quicker and he knows that, you know, I could have... There's li- the fact he said there's no point of George overtaking me because he knows that I'll just simply get him back immediately. I'm sorry. Well, I'd argue the I'm opposite. sorry, but are you not a racer? Is this not what racing drivers yeah. do? And I, I would argue the opposite. Max should be the one that perhaps avoids the because like George has nothing to lose. Max has everything. Realistically, to lose. exactly. So of course, like, George is going to go George... for it if he sees an opportunity. Yeah. 
but yeah, so that damage didn't help Max and his aerodynamics. And um, Checo did eventually get Charles, not eventually, quite soon, got Charles for the lead of the race. Max couldn't get past Charles though, and we ended up with a Checo sprint win, a Charles second, and a Max third. And, you know, we'll just ignore everything else in the sprint race because the real drama uh, came once they brought the cars in. And camera pans over and we see Max and George talking. George has since said, uh, thought he was going to thank me for the battle. But no, Max gets a bit miffed off at George. George says, oh, I had cold tyres. And Max said, we all had cold tyres, you know. Everyone else did fine. And then um, proceeds to call him a dickhead. <laughs> As George walks away. I mean, um, on, on, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, drama. Interesting. I like to see, you know, I like to see mm. that side of it. And on, my, on the other hand, I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Anyway. I just think it's like, it, it's... You know, I feel like there was this whole idea of now, you know, it's the era of the new, more mature Max. But as soon as he's being fought, he's immediately back to... And the problem is, is like, I think with some people it's like, oh, this is just a Max thing, like, ha ha ha. I mean, uh... But like, if any other driver did that, imagine Lewis Hamilton says that to someone. He will get slaughtered. I want to be careful what the, what I say because I do, you know, I don't dislike Max, but it is almost like... Oh, I highly rate him. It, it almost feels like he knows how good he is and he's got this crown of entitlement. But you also need to remind him that, you know, it doesn't revolve around him or the Red Bulls. We need racing we need other teams to mm. you know we can't i mean it i wouldn't go as far as to say what damon hill was saying throughout the weekend but it's almost like what do you want do you want us to just give you the world championship title now do you just want to be called champion and just forget about everything else do you think He's slightly stressed about Checo. Yes. Now, do I think Checo is like a major title contender? Not necessarily, but ultimately, if you have a one dominant team, your teammates always going to be close behind in the standings because there's no one coming between you. Last year, you had Max and Charles fighting. Then Charles dropped off, and Checo was getting the higher results. But, like, you know, he was never close because there was Charles fighting with Max. Now, in any race, if Max gets first and Checo gets second, seven points between them. Nothing more. Max has a bad race or has a mechanical issue or someone crashed into him. Checo wins. That's, like, gap closed. You know... It's no matter how much of a skill gap there is between Checo and Max, and that's up to your opinion. Ultimately, because the Red Bulls are dominant car, they're always going to be close together in points. And part of me thinks that that, that is rattling him one hundred percent. I think if there's anyone Max don't want to lose to, it's Checo. It's a Mercedes, and it's Checo. 
And we all know how quickly things can change. Like these points early on in the season are so important. They all add up. Um, and I think it's definitely playing on his mind. I mean, you look at how close the 2021 season went. Mm. I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep for Max this season. I don't think it's going to be easy. And I th- I'm actually kind of looking forward to how Red Bull handle the situation as the season continues. Especially near the latter half of the season, if things are still pretty close between them. Whether team orders are going to become a huge factor. Because mm. like, chances are... Max, you know, chances are Checo's probably not going to fight. Like, get, stay super close all the time to Max for the title. But there is a possibility. Um, And he he can, like, you think, you know, Christian Horner said after the weekend, like, you know, Checo needs to prove he can win on road courses, which, I mean, I'll get into it later how I think it's interesting how Christian Horner spoke to Max and spoke about Checo. Um, but how many street races are there? Yeah, especially coming up. I say that especially you've got Monaco and Miami. Our two um, favorite races of the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, there's not there's not as many as I seem to have implied, but still, um. All it takes is for Checo to get on a bit of a roll and then you, that gets into someone's head and we'll see what happens because, mind, I mean, we can't forget Max in 2021, four races away from the end of the season, Lewis Hamilton had to win every single one of them. Max was, All Max Verstappen had to do was win Brazil or Saudi or Qatar and he was in a significantly better place for the final race like if he wins one of them whatever what happened at Abu Dhabi don't matter because Max would have won if he got second and Lewis got first but he didn't win at Brazil he didn't win at Qatar he didn't win at Saudi Arabia do I think he lost his head I I, th- I think he did I mean we saw that how he tried to defend against Lewis in Brazil and so I, I just I really want to see because Max won challenge last year, past no, definitely after the midway point in the season, but even earlier probably. I want to see if he is ch- if there is someone on his heels, and whether or not that's you know with Lewis Hamilton obviously the skill level was closer. Um, but I don't know. I want to see how he handles it and whether it affects him, because him and Checo have so far this season shown that they are both going to race as hard as they like. They will both be pushing as hard as they can. Um, against each other. I don't know. At least we've got something to look forward to as the season progresses. It's not yeah. all doom and gloom. Not all doom and gloom. Uh, apart from when you remember it's my oh, ex, very much doom and gloom <laughs> watch it be so good now watch it be like incredible anyway we'll get to that later the race the actual race Charles had a good, very good start actually yes um, it's it's annoying that the car was not fast as, as fast as the Red Bulls because he had a very nice start and I thought well well done well done Boyle um, Max stayed in front of Checo because that's how they qualified 
Um, God, what is there to remember? Nick DeFries crushed. <laughs> Which, uh, then, cool. Can I just yeah. say, as soon as I saw Double Yellow Flags, I looked at Italian, I went Nick DeFries, and then it cut to him, and I was yeah. like, look. Which then but, uh, caused Double oh, Yellow. really interesting. And it brought out virtual safety car, did it not? So, or was um, it immediately then actual safety car? It was it was double yellows. So Red Bull or was made it? the decision. No, I think it was double yellows then safety car. So Red Bull, yeah. Lewis Hamilton, mind, had just pitted, and I was very frustrated for him. But he, you know, he clawed it back later anyway. It's fine. But yeah, double yellow flags are waving at this moment. I'm waving them. What's happening, Chloe? Wave the flag. I'm saying what's happening whilst the double yellow flag is <laughs> waving. <laughs> I was gonna start singing. But thanks for the soundtrack. I'm start singing that world. When cut. I get older, I will be stronger. Um, sorry. Don't call me free. You know, when I was in primary school, they had this um, like talent show thing. Yeah. Um. Oh god, I'm really gonna expose myself. When I was in year five, I entered it. Of course you did. And I did a dance to Lady Gaga's telephone. <laughs> I wish, I wish that was. Recorded. I didn't win that year. I didn't win that year. You know who did? Some boys that had a bunch of flags and were running around waving them to that song. Sounds like misogyny to me. Mm. You would have got. You would have got my vote. Be. That's what I'm blaming it on. <laughs> misogyny. Is uh, the patriarchy? <laughs> the patriarchy. Anyway, that um, just reminded me of that. So whilst the flags were waving, Red Bull pit. Max Verstappen, thinking, oh, this would be a great time. Well, I think they saw Nick DeFries. Did they preempt? Were they like. And I think they thought it was going to reverse out. From what I've heard, they didn't think a safety car was coming out. And because they were. Max wanted to pet anyway. Because his his tyres were going, he was going to be. You know, Sergio was in. I think by the time they got to the straight about seven tenths of him so Checo was gonna get him um so Max comes into the pits change tight and literally as he's coming out of the pits the safety car comes out and I remember watching it and going why have they not pit Checo first I w- like I said it out loud I went like this is Red Bull who usually makes such good strategy calls I remember sitting there going would you not pit Checo first just like if you feel like they need to pit now why would you pit your first car but they did it and the safety car came out which benefited everyone except lewis hamilton and max Stappen. and um by the time everyone had done their pits that wanted to so everyone i think apart from esteban ocon nico hulkenberg um who pitted at the very end of the race and we'll get to that uh it was I think Checo out in first, Charles in second, Max in third, etc, 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 restart, Max gets Charles pretty soon, you know, Checo goes off, Max gets Charles pretty soon, Lewis Hamilton, props to him because he had a great restart, and he got George back, he was like, he was like, that safety car may have helped you out, but it's not going to last. Um, and fought his way back up, which was it. Was, it was fun to see. That was like a short, 
a brief bit of fun in the race. But yeah, Max eventually gets Charles. You know what? Right. Let me just go back to the safety car, actually. Why did the safety car have to come out when the pit window was open? <laughs> That's like the most frustrating thing. This race would have arguably been more interesting without the safety car. Because <laughs> everyone was picking around then anyway. You don't have... The safety car's really fun when it's in the middle of a stint or a little bit early, or a little bit late for when a stint it yeah. and someone has to take a risky call. It's not a risky call to come in on this safety car because it was literally when they wanted to come in anyway. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I've got that on my system. The re- Most of the rest of the race was just um, Checo driving at the front. Max driving behind him. Max couldn't catch up. Checo built the gap up a little bit to about three or four seconds. Props to you, Checo. Um, and, and there wasn't that much fighting, really, in the back. Um, Lando and Yugi got stuck behind Nico Hulkenberg and Esteban Ocon, who had, taken, who had made changes to the cars set up before the race, so started in the pit lane, and were going for the sort of, we'll stay on these tyres and hope that... Uh, red flag or safety car comes out later on the race and we can take advantage um and then like nothing came out <laughs> baku didn't baku i think joe guanyu retired in the pit lane because of some technical issue but really that, that was, was about it basically about it um and there wasn't much action going on until we got to the end of the race. So, Nico Hulkenberg comes in, pits, new tyres. George Russell comes in, pits, new tyres. We get to the end of the race, and Ted, you hear Ted come over in commentary. And he, you know, it's, it's almost uncomfortable to listen to him. Because you can tell that he's scared. I'm moment. scared what Because Esteban Ocon, yeah. Esteban Ocon hasn't pitted, and people are filling up the pit lane. Photographers are coming in. People are walking all over. Espanokon hasn't come in. Espanokon comes in at quite a speed because as much as the pit lane looks slow, it is, it's still quite... The cars are still quite speedy compared to what <laughs> the speed humans go at. And as he's coming in, you've got photographers all over the front of the pit lane and they are, if you look, they are starting to cordon it off. Yeah. They are starting to cordon off the pit lane before the race has ended. And they, it's so fortunate no one got injured. So fortunate that no one got injured. Because it, it literally, it's so close. And I just... It, it shouldn't matter whether or not Esteban had pitted already. The pit lane shouldn't be closed. And shouldn't have people wandering all over it until every car has passed the checkered flag. I don't get what's... Like, I don't get why that's not a thing anyway. They're prioritizing the, the 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 paps and the pictures and the oh let's make sure everything looks perfect. They're cutting corners. They're cutting corners and the most right. I don't wish harm on anyone. And I'm not. You know, this is gonna sound. <laughs> Sorry, what are you about to say? <laughs> F1. It's it's a well known fact that they don't make any drastic changes until something really Mm. bad happens. 
So yeah. my biggest concern is that after this incident, someone's going to get a slap on the wrist and it's just going to be, move on. And I think... That is basically what's basically, But I'm worried that the significance of what could have happened will be forgotten. Like, this was mm. potentially deadly serious and it's just being swept under the rug and forgotten about. And that's what's frustrating. Mm. And I feel like, yeah. Because the thing is, there's nothing to stop people from coming in on the last lap and changing for soft tyres. There's nothing stopping someone from having a mechanical issue on the very last lap and having to but, retire but, in the pit but lane. But also, the fact that... Like, that literally, the, the pit lane is live until every car has crossed the pit entrance on the last lap. Does Has the FIA forgotten that the fastest lap is a thing? The point for fastest lap. I know, exactly. How many times have teams pitted cars within the last few laps of a race to try and snatch that point? Exactly. And the scariest thing is, is like a pit lane like Baku, it's like basically a chicane going in there. The driver doesn't see the pit lane until the pit lane's right in front of them. It's like, imagine, is it, is it, uh, which one? Is it Miami? They go around a corner, don't they? I think so. For the pit lane, I think so. I think China as well. Like, something like that, you go... Oh. Anyway, plumbing, uh, terrible. It's, you know, FIA officials were closing the pit lane, so it's their fault. It's not even... At first, I thought it would be, like, the GP, like, Baku organisers' fault. But no, I'm pretty certain it's the FIA. Um, which really, you know, not that it was a particularly good race anyway, but it really sort of put a huge damper on anything good <laughs> from that race but we'll go back to the racing for a sec because as they cross the finish line we hear the radio messages to the top three drivers Christian Horner only comes onto the radio for one Red Bull driver and that's Max Verstappen and he says you got unlucky with the he says something like you got unlucky with the safety car Remember, it's a long season. You know, it'll be fine. Doesn't come on the radio to check... Oh, at least I haven't heard. He might have. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Doesn't come on the radio to check out, to say congratulations, anything like that. And in an interview, says that Checo got lucky with the safety car. Says that Checo needs to prove himself on... Uh, I don't know what's called road courses. I know that's IndyCar terminology, but you know what I mean. And I just... Mm, we're not, arguably, we're not at a point in the season where Red Bull should be going, ah, but, but, no, Max is a big driver. Especially when you're yeah. the dominant team, you should just let them but go this, for it. This almost goes beyond Red Bull because you. I heard the commentators, I don't know if it was Crofty or Ted, but one of them definitely said, oh, Red Bull have won today, but with the wrong car. Can you say there is a right and wrong car at this stage in the season for Red Bull? No. The thing is, Checo's almost certainly, unless the teams catch up, which they could catch up as well. Like, you know, I will bear that in mind, but right now, Red Bull's so dominant, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're hiding speed as well. That it, do it doesn't matter. If they get 1-2, they're up there in the constructors. If they're a dominant team, no one so far is getting anywhere close to either of them. 
Like, it doesn't... You, you don't... It's not like you have Lewis Hamilton title fight and you need to go, right, we're going all in on Max because we think that he's more likely to be able to beat Lewis Hamilton. No, it's just... Ah. Oh. But I, I don't know. I like the drama. <laughs> yeah. Although, people also talk about, like, Checo's contract, but he signed the new contract last year. He's got next year, I think, in his contract as well. And a public um, service announcement for anyone who's still living in delusion land. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo is not going to take Checo's seat. <laughs> it's, if anyone takes Checo's seat, it's going to be Yuki Tsunoda or Liam Lawson or Yuma Wasa or Dennis Hauger or some other Red Bull Junior. It's not Daniel Ricciardo. It, it's like... The the only seat that Daniel is taking potentially this season, if things continue negatively, potentially, could be Nick DeFries' seat. And I don't even think that's something that Daniel would be open to. So, no. And I, I honestly think Red Bull would be more likely to put Liam Lawson in that seat anyway. And I think if the, if Daniel wouldn't drive for Hassan, he won't drive for Avatari, nope. will he? So. Nope. Uh, so, sorry everyone, but... Big love, Daniel. <laughs> Truth hurts. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, Baku, Checo won. Love that for him. He's now six points behind Max in the championship. Um, hopefully he can do well in Miami. It'd be nice. It'd be, you know, it'd be really good if Checo could win Miami. Do I think he will? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Um... <laughs> But yeah, but I will be, you know, willing on Checo because I think we all need that at this point for a good title fight. Baku's done. I think Baku perhaps didn't feel too bad because it had been such a big break. No. Between races, I think if Baku would happen right after Australia, would I'll be like, oh, that was so lame. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, no, but hopefully next week in Miami, this weekend, is going to be alright. Do I have high hopes it will be good? No, but could it? Yes. <laughs> My expectations are low, so let's hope. Let's hope. I mean, I mm. I haven't paid any attention to the build of the track or anything, but my goodness, if they bring back that fake harbour where they paint the floor blue and put the yachts on the ground I don't know if I can watch I, I, you know what I feel like it, it needs that though <laughs> it, need, it needs something the fact something. that that was the biggest takeaway from the Miami, Miami Grand Prix last year for me says a lot it's just gonna also can we just why is there a double header between Miami and Baku did you know that? Did you know that F one are making an active effort to be super sustainable, and they care about their yeah, carbon Yeah, did you not hear that they're digging through the earth? They, yeah, they're not flying. No, of course not. They're digging through the earth. <laughs> they're not even doing that. They're just levitating. It's just like a super new technology they've got. Yeah, someone just threw the cars over because they care about the environment so much, and it's such a big, important matter to them. Yeah. Because obviously holding three American races in the same country in subsequent weeks just makes no sense. So, yeah. 
Welcome to... How many times do you think they're going to play Miami by Will Smith? I, I put this on Twitter because last year, the Miami GP happened not long after the... Um, get my wife's name out your mouth. Uh, the the slap heard across the world. Uh, didn't happen too long after that, so they I, I think they would have, but they didn't play it because he was kind of like in the bad books then. But now it's been a year. Do you, how many times do you think they play Miami by Will Smith? I'm going to put at least twice every session. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's still in my bad books. I... Give my wife's name. Why does he have to go and ruin himself like that? To be fair, I just watch Men in Black 3 and then I'm like, oh well. No, Rachel. No. Um, but yeah, Miami next week. I mean, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm happy to have F1 on the telly. Boring F1's better than no F1, but I'd like the boring F1 to be fixed so we can have exciting F1. And Thank you very much. You know, I do like the American races because it's una- it means that for us in the UK, it's on a fun time. Oh, is it evening I hope races? It's- but Las Vegas won't be. Isn't Las Vegas taking place at like... 1am Sunday morning it's midnight in Vegas so it's going to be like I think it's like a sort of Australia or Japan type uh, time cancel it already so I think it's literally happening at like midnight in Las Vegas cancel it cancelled what if we just pretended it's not happening we will never utter the words Watch it. Las Vegas GP you again part of me wants to say like oh imagine if it's like the race of the year now but it's not because look at the straights and look at the Red Bull R.I.P. I mean, genuinely, is there any point of that race even taking place? Give Max the P1. Bring back Turkey. <laughs> Bloody I don't Hockenheim. know why Turkey, I can't think of it. Bring back Sepang. Hockenheim. Why Las Vegas? I don't... They'll, they'll probably have another American race in the next few years as well. Have you heard about this blooming London street race? I can't... Oh, Chloe? Maybe IndyCar's just the way to go, really. Uh, and this is our way of saying that The Rookies is now becoming an IndyCar podcast. Um, this is the last podcast you'll hear from us Joseph about Newgarden. F1. Colton Herta. Roman Grosjean. Have you decided on a favourite yet, Chloe? I don't know if I've asked you so already. I haven't. Not yet. Still early days for me. Did you watch the last race? I watched the beginning of it. And then the television no longer became available. <laughs> oh, such a pity. Um, but yeah, Indy 500 this month. I love month it. May. And I've, I don't know what his official name is, but also the GP around Indianapolis um, road course. There's a lot to look forward to this month. That's fun. Yeah. And there's, you know, there is a lot of F1. We've got Miami, then a break, and then after that we've got Imola and Monaco in Spain. So, you know, and then... crazy. Essentially, it's that. We're not that far from the summer break. Well, because it's, what, it's Miami, break, that that triple header, break, and then we're not actually that far from Silverstone. Austria, because it's Austria and Silverstone are a double header. There'll be Canada between them. So it'll be 
We'll have Spain, then break, then Canada, then break, then Austria, Silverstone. And you'll be there. I'll be and there. And I'll be jealous. Mm, it's alright, we're getting paddock passes to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> getting all the opportunities. Speaking we actually have to start saying no to people because we're just so busy. Yeah. They're like, oh, please, please come to Imola. Please come and, you know interview lewis hamilton for us we think you could make some excellent content and we just have to be like look i'm really sorry and like the world can't handle us right we we're just completely overwhelmed with work and requests and demands and all the charity work we do like just so busy saving the children the children (laughs) (laughs) at the same time um yeah Anyway, we need to wrap this up. We've got approximately one minute forty yeah. left. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> that's, that's enough. That's it for this episode <laughs> of The Hookies. What are we talking about next week? Uh, Miami. GP. It's happening on Sunday and Saturday and Friday. It's not a sprint race. So it... Carry on. <laughs> If you want to keep up to date with the podcast, then make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Rookies F1. And be sure to tune in next week and have a simply. Simply. Come on, Chloe. <laughs> Lovely, Lovely day. day. <laughs> All right, goodbye. I've been trying to think of a fun Formula One fact this whole time and I can't think of one. So, um,. Nikki Lauda won the 1984 championship. Leave it at that. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>